Courtside Indiana podcast is brought to you by Metro Indy Basketball Fall League. The 14th annual Fall League runs from Sundays, October 11th through November 1st. For more information and to register, visit MetroIndyBasketball.com. Also, Box Out Sports, the best sports graphics platform. Built for speed and control with your organization in mind. Try it now for free at BoxOutSports.com. Episode 36, Courtside Indiana Podcast. As always, it's Jim Reamer and joined again with Zach Tyler. Zach, how was your week this past week? Another solid week. Back to school is good. Uh, good weather coming up this week, so hopefully get some uh, some stuff done outside. And before we get down to the winter stretch here, a few more weeks till the season starts too. Rochester is gone. Yes. All virtual. For what, two weeks? Two weeks. They just I said it came out with that today, I believe. Yeah. South Bend and Elkhart or St. Joseph's and South and Elkhart County have basically, well, the way it was put to me was they're discouraging, you know, anything outside of what you need possibly need to do. Um, so you're kind of squeezing the middle of that, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. Rochester is south of us, about 30 minutes. And then. Okay. So yeah, I'm on the south side of South Bend. Okay. But school wise, school wise, yeah, we're right between Rochester and South Bend. Yeah, I was gonna say geographically, I don't know that I know really where you live. It's not that it it matters. I just haven't looked. So yeah, because um, you don't have to live where you teach. So that's not bad. Exactly. Uh, we have already recorded about an hour on the last day of uh, the fall league down here. So that's going to soak up most of this podcast for those that are, for those listening. And then you and I are going to talk about, well, we're going to go over a little bit more detail on, on two of the commitments that we had this week. And then I think we're going to maybe throw in a little Jaden Brewer talk again. Not that we have a whole lot of extra news, but I do have some updates or at least one update. And then that'll be it. Then we'll throw it over to JD and Caleb on the, the stuff we've already recorded, and and that'll be the pod. So let's let's go ahead and get people updated with the uh, the recruiting updates. Go for it. Yeah. So we had three commitments this week. A uh, few offers. First uh, offer was Tate Vanyo, Goshen College. Uh, Javon Small had two offers this week. Grand Canyon. That's a good one. I like that offer a lot. <laughs> and then uh, Virginia Tech, well, that was uh, that that could be backdated, but we haven't didn't have it anywhere else. So Virginia okay. Tech offered him a couple weeks ago. Uh, we missed that, huh? Missed it. Well, it's kind of under the radar because he never really tweeted about it. I just I found it online. Okay. Uh, well, uh, sometimes that's not always accurate either. That's true. But that's uh, but we'll go with it. Okay. And then Cam Hafner from Westfield, Indiana Tech offer, and uh, I missed another one also last week. Forgot to put it on the our list was Isaiah Davis from Greenwood Christian got a Cedarville offer. And that was from a week ago. Also, I missed that one. Uh, three commitments this week. We had a couple to air force and then uh, a, a Frankton kid going to Aiden. A- Anderson. Yep. Aiden uh, Robson going to Anderson. And then our two air force commitments were Jake Hydebreeder from Floyd central and then Vincent Brady from Indy cathedral. 
Yeah, before we get into those two, because I did some digging on how the, the, the service academies operate. I've had a little bit of ex- experience with that from a recruiting standpoint, but the uh, small finally pulls his first high major offer, you know, and that's, and that's, you know, that's something that I you know, looked at when you looked at people were around here. We're talking about, is Indiana going to get involved? Is Purdue going to get involved? Is Butler going to, you know, those guys really aren't recruiting point guards too heavily in the 2021 class. So I think just from that standpoint alone, they weren't going to get involved. So it was sort of unfair when other people would say, well, if state schools aren't getting involved, you know, does that mean he's not good enough or, you know, he's come so far so fast. It's, it's, uh, he's got a lot of the, he's got a lot of the physical tools. He he'll need to succeed at a high major level. Right now, now the question will be is how does he play as the, you know, the competition steps up and, and not just because he's at a prep school, but because there's more of what is expected of him. You know, even he had said a little bit in the, oh, you did find the, okay, good. You found the confirmation. Even he, even Javon had said late in the summer that during the school year, he really wasn't playing with a ton of confidence and that he's just sort of blossomed in the spring. So I think even he certainly has realized how much his, how much his game has changed these last few months. And, and of course, you're loving that Grand Canyon offer. Those are your guys. That's right. There, so. That's right. I love um, to see him and him and Jalen Blackman together playing. Yeah, that would be that would be a, a pretty small backcourt, though. I, I I don't know the makeup of that league to know how that would work, but it definitely would be a, a shooter with a score. I mean, Javon is Javon shoots the ball well, but. He is he's much more known for his ability to, to to penetrate and get downhill and and Blackman certainly is his ability to shoot the ball matches comes pretty close to matching his brother James. So yeah. And Brobston, his his, his father's the head coach at Frankton and, and Aiden has been one of those guys whose game has transitioned more, you know, facing the basket more as he's gotten older. I don't I, I say that I don't know that he has I don't, I didn't see him in middle school, but he's definitely a kid that I think is a a face up four at Anderson, and a, and a kid that smart player makes some good plays, and and as his shooting is as his shooting improves, will be able to stretch and, and probably be involved in some ball screen action and secondary cuts. So, but any any of these other commitment, any of these other offers piqued your interest? I mean. I still see uh, Hafner as kind of a D two guy, but yes, he's getting mostly an AI stuff right now. So right, maybe see how his winter goes, depending if he gets those D twos. I just like his ability to get into a shot off the yeah. dribble. He can come off the catch. He can, or he can come off the screen. He can come off the dribble and get shots. And if nothing else, he showed that in the sectional, and was just outstanding. And he's already got good size, doesn't he? Strength too. Decent. Um, yeah, decent. He's, yeah. you know, it's, it's tough. He's, he's got some big shoes to fill. His father was extremely good. Uh, played at Noblesville in the eighties when, when they had some of their best teams ever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, went, went to, 
Illinois originally, then transferred down to Evansville and immediately put up a 50 spot and, and then had a cup of coffee in the NBA, probably even a little bit longer than that. So I know he was with the heat at some point and I'd have to look it up to see how long his, his career lasted in the NBA. But, but Scott was one of the original guys that I knew at a young age that he was different than even some of the kids Carmel had going through there. Car- I mean, Carmel had some really good teams, obviously in the late seventies and early eighties, but the best players were football players. Yeah. You know, Mark Herman, Bart Burrell, both went to Purdue for football. Uh, Herman had a long NFL career. Just didn't see anybody on a regular basis. That was that good outside of when we got to the Anderson regional and got to see some of the guys that Anderson and Madison Heights were putting out. And that was pretty much the heyday of, of Anderson basketball from a city perspective. So, um, so yeah, I mean, Hafner's not, not as probably, I don't know. I just remember his dad being tall. I don't, I could be wrong on that. I, I see, I see uh, Scott quite a bit and I, I don't really ever think to, to figure out who, if, if Cam's as tall as he is or not, but, but uh, Cam's probably more athletic than Scott was at that age. Um, but God, Scott played on some out really, really good high school teams, and in Westfield, they're going to be good the next two years with him and Braden Smith. So, so yeah, I just pulled up Basketball Reference here. Shows Scott six three. Yeah, when he played, played fifty games in the NBA. Well, that's fifty more than I played. Eighty nine and ninety, and then ninety ninety one with the Heat for the first year and the Hornets for the second. Yeah. The uh, Hafner, I don't know. Sometimes you wonder too if it's. I mean, Westfield's not a, not known for a great basketball program just yet. I mean, it's the best teams they've had in a long time uh, with Smith and Hafner. And sometimes it's hard to get guys looking at the number two option. Right. Um, of course, in the balls in Braden's hand, the number one option for him is Hafner. He's always looking for him. He seeks him out anytime he gets the paint because Westfield just doesn't have a lot of size. So they did get a move in, though. We'll see how that goes. I didn't get to watch him play Sunday. He played in the fall league, and I they uh, I was too busy having to keep scoring and do different things. So uh, the, the Air Force stuff with Jake Heiderbeater and Vincent Brady, two different paths here. The, the Brady one surprised me. And I talked a little bit with Mike Saunders today, who's AAU coach, and it surprised me just because I didn't know he had an offer. And I don't know that he did or if he had, he hadn't had it for long and they hadn't announced it. And I think some of it is caught up in the the not-so-semantical difference of he will be going to a prep school right after high school. He will be going to Air Force's prep school. And the armed services each have their own prep schools. And you, a lot of kids will go there, kids that maybe they don't even recruit go there. And then they matriculate into the four-year college. And it's not counted against them as far as, as far as eligibility. That's why you see a lot of these guys graduate. A lot of these guys will also take their redshirt year, not, not necessarily right away, but at some point. So you'll see guys come out of the military academies professionally that are if they do get a chance to play professionally that are 
pretty old and that's not even notwithstanding the commitment that they have to have once they stay there longer than two years. So um, there was a kid out of Carmel, Keegan Culp, who also went that path. And he just played two years of basketball at Air Force and then decided he just wanted to be a student and focus on getting into flight school. And he's on track to do that. He's already finished with his undergrad work and he's on track to, to get into flight school, but there's still a wait but he went the prep school route and like, like Vincent, he kind of jumped on it because at that point he was getting a lot of NAIA offers and his father and I uh, had, had several conversations, both on the phone and in person talking about how to handle the recruiting process. And when air force came along, it, it just became an issue of well, what kind of kid is Keegan? Because that's a, that's a, it's a big commitment. Sure. You know, you look at Noah Jagger at Bloomington South is is going into Army. And like Heidebreeder, he's going right into, I, I, I guess I should have confirmed this before I said this. It's not like I can't get it quickly, but I'm pretty sure Noah's going right into the school, right into the military academy, not into a prep school. And Heidebreeder has the option of going to prep school if he feels like he needs it physically. Um. And the academies, they recruit from a number standpoint a lot like D3 schools do, where they will bring in a lot of kids and they will put specifically people late in the process who maybe are even appointee, like people who get into the school as a, you know via appointment, via congressional appointment, because each state gets two of those, one for each senator. And so you'll see a recruiting class at Army, Navy, and Air Force. There'll be 13 freshmen that will end up there. Now, while Vincent is part of that number, he was definitely offered a, a scholarship, but they just want him to go to the prep school for, for a year. And from Culp's perspective, again, the kid from Carmel that graduated in 2015, from Culp's perspective – it was very necessary for him to be successful, both in terms of academics, even though he felt like he was extremely prepared, uh, and, and in terms of the physical and, you know, and mental rigors of being at a military academy. They go through basic training. They, they, they have the same discipline standards. Uh, they, they don't have any of the commitment in terms of like you can leave, like you can even get re-recruited to another college. And that was part of the discussion I had today with Culp's father was I wonder how many of those kids go to prep school and then end up going to another college just because of athletics. So, but Air Force is definitely recruiting Brady to be part of their program, but they are putting him in just as they did Culp, but they are putting him in the, the prep school first. And I don't, I don't know if he had a say in that, I didn't get that deep this morning in trying to confirm some of this, but Heidebreeder has that option. I don't know yet if he's going to take it. I don't know that they've made that decision either, but obviously they recruited him from an offer standpoint to a commitment standpoint, a much longer time than what Brady's timeline was. Yeah. But that was, that was Brady's best offer. 
Well, he only had, only had the Chicago State offer. But I think a lot of that was changed, and he was, again, we've talked about this. We've referred to this a lot. He's probably one of those kids that's impacted by COVID. He had a yeah, great summer. Sure. Yeah, he did. He showed a lot of improvement in his game. And, and realized that improving his outside shot really gave him extra space to penetrate and fin- and then he just his ability to finish. He was trying to dunk over dudes, which yeah, yes. If nothing else, is just a level of confidence, <laughs> right? Right. When we talk a little. Him, go, go ahead. When I saw him in Waukegan, he was he was really good. That's right. I you really did see him up there. Really aggressive up there, especially playing with with uh, Javon and with uh, Avance. That was a good good three right there. Yeah. I thought he's always been a good defender. He hasn't – when he's engaged, he's really damn good. And I think I think he's just become more – don't want to overuse the word, but more engaged lately. And that happens as you get older. It's a, it's a sign of maturity. But I've always, I've always liked his ability. I think he's been versatile, especially on the defensive end. That's where I've – Honestly, that's where I've liked him the most is his versatility on the defensive end. You know, and when he's challenged, he's a very good defender. I would have maybe liked to see him go to Evansville or Lipscomb looking at his offers. I, I think the Indiana State – I was surprised Indiana – oh, I'm looking – I'm sorry, I'm looking at Heidebreeder. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was because I was thinking I would – I was thinking that I would have thought Hydebreeder would have gone to Indiana State. It, it's hard to pass up a service academy. You know, unless you really unless you really think you're going to play professionally, it's hard to pass up how impressive that is on your resume. Yeah. And there is nothing you can't do coming out of one of those academies that isn't immediately enhanced from a career standpoint, management, communications, uh, medical, you know, even a teacher it's and it's zero debt. I mean, it's, I mean, they take care of, they take great care of you and you just have to be able to handle the, the mental and the fatigue of being in that environment. I, I know I wouldn't have been able to handle it. Oh, right. Me either. It's <laughs> so no chance. And speaking of the academies, I'm looking at the at Army's roster here, and I see seven kids from Indiana on their roster. Really, on the the, the main roster or their JV, their Army men's basketball school. roster. Yep, the Army men's basketball roster has seven Indiana guys. I'm gonna go look that up. The so Jagger's there as it loads slowly, yep. of course. You got Mark Madden. He's a senior from up here, South Bend, St. Joe. There we go. Uh, T- Tucker Blackwell from Bloomington. Yep. There's Noah. Then you've got down further Ben Kinker from Greensburg. Uh, oh, Old, uh, Oldenburg. Yep. Academy. Right. Charlie, Charlie Peterson. Charlie Peterson last year from North Central. Alex King. Yep. Yep. Matt Dove from Princeton. See, I don't want to. I mean, Alex, it, it seems like Alex graduated from high school in 2014. I could be wrong <laughs> on that. I, but they, you know, again, sometimes, you know, they'll do their, they do have a lot of Indiana kids. That's crazy. They do have, um, you know, they don't discourage those guys from, from taking the redshirt year. 
And he's, uh, when you go the prep school route, which I know Alex did, and I, I'm pretty sure Kinker did. I don't believe Charlie did. No, maybe he did. No, let's see. No, he, no, he's not. Yeah, because he was just a senior last year. Yeah, he was just a senior last year. Dove might have because I believe he was a, he was a year before that, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. So if we would have had a if we would have been doing this last year, we would have said Army is invading yes. Indiana <laughs> instead of Air Force. I actually got a text message wanting to know what I meant by that. Is there something going on in the world? <laughs> I think the text was, "What did Trump do now?" Oh, and <laughs> I said, "No, it's a basketball. It's a basketball <laughs> reference." And the reply to that was, "Yeah, should have known." So. Um, well, it was, it's good. I mean, that's a great situation for both of them. I, the, the difference, you know, the difference between the two is, I don't, I don't know what the difference between the two is from a, from a basketball standpoint or from a recruiting standpoint, like in terms of what they, the language they use in recruiting Brady versus the language they recruit, they use to recruit Heidebreeder. I know they offered Heidebreeder quite a while ago. Let's confirm when that was, they offered, Oh, it disappeared on me. Crap. Um, they offered. Hold on. Right now I got to go find it. I should keep that on the list. For those that aren't paying it, that don't know what I'm talking about, the uh, the commitment list drops the, oh, shoot. I, I guess I got to rewrite some code. I don't know when Air Force... <laughs> Offered height of breeder because um, it overwrites it. So I need to go back there and change that to so we can still keep the offer up. My point was, is that Air Force had put in more uh, recruiting Jake than, um, than what we know, than what you and I know about, at least in terms of Vincent's. Right. So. Well, the only thing I've got else is Jaden Brewer, as we know, is transferred from Avon to Ben Davis and so far has not gotten his eligibility. He's going through the appeals process, which is basically a sort of a special court set up through the state, not, not athletic speak, not athletically speaking, but through the state court system handle it's more like a review panel handling you know these situations coming out of the ITSA his hearing is Thursday I don't know that we'll get any any news on what the decision will be on Friday or even Thursday but we should know in short order what his eligibility situation is going to be like and of course basketball practice starts Monday next Monday he does not have to be eligible to participate if we had a normal summer, he would not have had to have been eligible to participate with Ben Davis in June or, you know, or, or July in there in anything they do. You just have to be eligible to play in games. So up to now he'll, he'll be able to, has been able to, and will be able to participate in anything uh, until they start playing games. And then it'll depend on what happens from here on out. But I mean, I don't, you don't have a change of mind on that. I, to me, he is. I know that I know how the rules written. It doesn't cover his situation, but he he's transferring to a school that is in his home district. 
And to me, that tells me he should be eligible. Right. Disagree? Nope. I'm still with you on that. All right. I had some person, I mean, I've had some people argue, and I, I get it. Public to public. And maybe I need to go back and reread the rule. Maybe it doesn't even say that, but and maybe there's something else going on. Well, I'm sure there is. Because, I mean, obviously, Avon's challenging it, but. But it, but really he should be eligible. That's it. It's just too it's just too obvious, and it it does create situations where kids can do that just out of hand. Like if a Carmel kid decided all of a sudden he wanted to go to Westfield, then change his mind, or go to North Central and then change his mind, or however you know if you want to flip that around, it, it does provide everybody a little extra get out of jail free card if if they don't like the situation they're in, but it still has to make life easier to be able to just go to school where you live. And that, and that should be, that should just be allowed. I don't know. Yeah. It'd be interesting to hear uh, Avon's stance on it and why they're, why they're blocking him for now. Unless you've heard anything about that. I've not. My, my number one thing, is the unwritten rule, which is just keep your mouth shut. You know, I have no, no clue what, what went on in real time. If there was any, any disagreements, any, any issues or grievances aired, you know, a lot of these times there probably is, there, there probably is a, a situation where either a family has gone to an athletics director to complain or a principal or a school board member or it's gotten around that, or it's gotten around that they have. Yeah. And indirectly that becomes part of the record. Even worse if you email it. And I'm not saying that's the case. That, that kind of was the case with hope. I think there was some stuff said there behind the scenes, you know, that again, becomes part of the record, even if it's not, even if it's not, you know, shouldn't be that big of a deal for a parent to reach out to an AD and and say, hey, what's going on here? Of course, it depends on the topic. Yeah. I, I would think most ADs dismiss it, but I don't know. Anything else to talk about? We are, we're getting close to the season, so we'll, we'll have some good content or at least more options coming up. Anything else to talk about before today? Because I'm still kind of waiting till we get closer to the season to start doing some of that stuff. Yeah, well, we're looking at three weeks from today. So things get rolling. Yeah. Is it today? Yeah. No. Uh, Thanksgiving four weeks. week. Is that three weeks from today? Gosh, that is. So that would be the 23rd? Yeah. Damn. Yeah, I guess so. I always think Thanksgiving is the last week of November, and it's like always the last week of November and it's just not it's coming early this year. No, it's last week this year. 26. Really? Yeah. 26th. Well, the last yeah, all right, that's fair. And yeah, the last week. <laughs> Still seems like it's coming early. So nothing else, huh? I mean, we nah. we came into it not having anything else besides this and then we've got a yeah. we've got a good hour or you know, I think a good hour on the fall league. Did good. Yeah. Jake, JD and Caleb did a really good job. Good. 
So, well, that's it. Zach, have a good week. Yeah, thanks. You too. As much as we talk during the week in general, uh, we'll definitely see you back here uh, next. Uh, well, let's start doing them Sunday night. Does that work? Yep. Yep. So we'll do them on Sunday and we'll publish on Monday. So that's what the listeners had to look forward to. Big time. All right. Cool, man. All right. Thanks, Zach. Yep. Joined again this week with Caleb Lynn and, and J.D. Hall. Guys uh, have been reporting on the Metro Indie Basketball Fall League, which I appreciate because that's the league I run, is full disclosure. And each week we've been talking about guys that we've watched and, and that have made impressions or, or have played really well, that maybe a little bit beyond just the stats and just the scoring numbers that you know some of these guys put up. But um, – and at the end, we're going to list three – at the very end, we're just going to list three guys. that Caleb and J.D. are going to list three guys that that they thought were the best performers in some of – first in the younger group and then the and then the older group. The older group will probably be some of the bigger names, but but that will be at the very, very end, and, and then we'll, the fall league will be a wrap. So, guys, first of all, I want to say I appreciate all your work and uh, definitely appreciate the follow-up podcast it's, it's been a good feature we've gotten a lot of positive reviews so let's start there and and caleb why don't you go ahead and lead us off with with some of the guys you saw yesterday that left that left an impression yeah um i mean from the the three you know from from the games that i was able to see you know from early on uh you know from those from the pools and the uh the younger kids uh, there were there were three that stood out uh, you know, I really liked uh, Mikhail Miller out of Coach Hill's team. Good ball handler. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought that he had uh, his moments where you could have seen him be more aggressive. But at the same time, it really felt like he had a good rhythm in that game. Uh, he was making smart decisions. Uh, he was somebody that I really enjoyed uh, when I was able to get to see him play. Uh, I mentioned him last week, uh, but I'm going to mention him again. I think A.J. Tillman uh, is arguably my favorite player. Uh, from this younger pool. I, I mean, he is just a total stud in the paint. Uh, he does whatever he wants at whatever he wants it. Uh, and, you know, I think, you know, as, as long as he just continues to develop into his body, um, I think you're you're looking at a, a really good piece there. And then I also, for my third guy, really like Joey Schmitz. Uh, very smart off the ball, uh, had some good cuts. Uh, you know, and, and I thought I thought he looked good. Uh, and then a quick shout out to uh, Sabian Kane uh, on that team as well. Really, overall, uh, Busick. If you had to ask me, you know, from these A through C teams, who stood out? Uh, it was them all the way, and and rightfully so. I mean, they they won the the, the championship, but uh, they were incredibly deep. Uh, you could tell that the talent was there. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of guys who really understand their roles and, and they were, you know, very, very fun to watch. Now, of course, Porath, we moved Porath up for bracket play and because they were, I, I don't know if they lost a game until bracket play, but uh, they were, they were a very good young team too, but they no, I like, yeah, Busey, that's, that's a lot of those kids are his AAU groups and the, obviously the, Mikel Miller's not. He's a kid at Ritter. He's a sophomore at Ritter. He's going to have a big year for them. And and then the the Tillman kid, as you get into the the freshman that you mentioned, yeah, Tillman's out of Bloomington, Illinois. So for the Indiana AAU coaches that are scrambling to figure out where they can find this kid, he's he's in the center of Illinois. He comes over and plays for Coach Busick, and 
uh, for their their uh, their AAU team this year, you know last year and this year, and then uh, the, the Kane kids at university. He's also a freshman, he's a university uh, kid here in here in Carmel. So I, I didn't get a chance to watch that group much. JD, what did you think? I mean, I, I shouldn't say much. I I saw them the first week, but I I watched the kids that I knew already. Uh, so it's good that you guys again are throwing out new names and fresh perspectives. And JD, did you? What did you think about any of those guys? Uh, really, I, I agree with Caleb. I agree with Caleb. Uh, I really love watching Tillman. I feel like I feel like at times he hard on himself because he he knows how good he can be. Yeah, but really, he he he's so dominant on both sides. He he don't have a problem going out there and not scoring the bucket at all. He really just play to win. Uh, I, I really love to see that. Joy Schmitz, his teammate, really, really love watching him play. That, that kid vision is insane. It, it, it truly is. I, I would say he'll make passes that I, that it, it takes a while for you to like learn this is this is possible to be made if you're a teammate like yeah hit the way he was hitting certain angles on passes his teammates never expected it and I really love the way that uh that kid plays uh who who's another one uh before before you go Schmitz is a freshman at uh, Center Grove too so Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, that's Busick's group's all all freshmen. So, you know, we didn't have we didn't really have a freshman group this year. So there was a couple of those teams that probably could have played up. Were um, were kind of in that that JV. A B yeah. bracket, which that's what they wanted to do, but sometimes it's a little bit more. We just we had three teams at that in those two pools that really stood out, and and in Porath's case, we moved them up for bracket play just because, you know, that I, we felt that was kind of what we needed to do. So, who else were you going to talk about? E- either one of you guys. I uh, as far as the the earlier games or just the younger, yeah, guys? the earlier games. Yeah, I mean, I well, I had to the- step in. F- I had to step in for Coach Johnson's team, and and one of the kids that I coached, one of the kids I coached against was Jake Skinner from Carroll. I thought he was a. I liked very his good. activity. He's yeah, I liked his activity. Yeah. I, I'm curious. I didn't see him shoot the ball outside for much. He did take a couple of shots. Uh, he it looks like he's, you know, it's good mechanics. But I don't. I didn't know much yeah. about him before this. We've I've coached a kid from Carroll, and and they sent. I know he was pushing two or three kids to play, and so Jake signed up. Um, and then Dion Richmond from Tenley. I think that's going to be a kid to keep an to keep an eye on, just because it's six five. He's he's got more skill than what he showed playing us or the group that I coached yesterday, the the younger group that I had to fill in for. Yeah. But I've seen him. But what I liked was he had a smaller matchup, and he he took advantage of it, and that's that shows a little bit of of maturity on his part, because I know he's working on more of a face up game. Yeah. But he but he definitely look. He's like this is how I can be successful. This game we want to win. 
and he was by far the best player on the court in, in that when I was filling in for Coach Johnson's uh, team in Pool A. And so those two guys especially um, stood out to me in those morning games. And, and again, we're just going by what we see. So, yep. Yep. J.D., I thought you were going to you were going to list it. Were you going to talk about somebody else? Um, the older kids uh, that I've seen earlier. Oh, OK, on. well, like, Lee, well not, not necessarily older kids, but from the earlier games. Yeah. No, go for it. Yeah. So uh, move on to them and, and then we'll we'll roll back around to Caleb. Well, we had I, I had one game where it was c- completely uh, interesting from start to finish in a matchup with Gus Etchison versus Jalen Pinkston. I really, yeah, I love I loved uh, watching that game from from the beginning of the game. Gus Etchison, he was killing everybody, Garner. It was it was nothing you could do in the second half. Uh, Pinkston took on that challenge, and really, that was the best thing for the team because it led them to eventually winning. But Gus Gus was, I mean, he was tearing everybody heads off. Quick dribble pull ups, uh, coming off of screens, ISOs getting to the hole at will. And I if I it fired up Pinkston for sure because after a while of I, I say Pinkston was kind of laid back the first half. He was scoring when he could, whenever he was open. He was more passive, getting his guy shots. In the second half, anytime he wanted anything at the rim, he went and took it. He uh tried to dunk on Gus one time. It was a goal ten called the Next play, in back-to-back plays, he got a steal, which was impressive. Uh, the second time, he actually was able to finish off the dunk. Uh, it got heated. It was, it was a very close game. Uh, I, I really enjoyed watching that. And as I said before, Pinkston, he got a motor where it allows him to go on both sides of the ball without right. any any problem. And Gus, he's, he's a walking bucket. He, he's a walking bucket. Well, I think he's. I think he uh, hit a fifty-point game this past year at the high school for at Hamilton Heights, really to start the year. And if there was any question on, you know, how he was going to play, you know, going into his senior, going into his junior year last year. He he led that thing off with a bang, and it was it was good to see. He's he's been a kid that's been. He's played in this league for four years, which is something. You know, I certainly appreciate is because as good as he's been um, for him to keep doing it, he's they kind of ran into a bit of a buzzsaw. They, they I think they, they put in a group of guys and and Gus elevated them up and into those. Especially into that top pool, uh, the, the top two pools, because really we get we've got four pools of varsity caliber kids. Yeah, but two of them. Yeah, are pretty loaded. And the, the two that oh, are definitely, yeah, the two that aren't, I would say, as loaded. The, some of the better, some of the more known kids are the younger kids, like Pinkston, for example, uh, Preston Roberts from my group uh, that, that's played well in this, and and you know you'll see some the sophomores, some of the better sophomores and freshmen, 
were in that pool or in pool C and D. Uh, and and those but those are all varsity caliber kids and those are all going to be names too that we hear more about as they get older and yeah, definitely yeah you know and then of course we got the even younger kids down playing in the, the with the jv you know we had like a pool we had a couple pools of jv so pinkson's one of those guys i think when he's really engaged on a court he's he's tremendous and he's he's yeah. extremely physical he's extremely athletic those yeah. are those are the big parts of his game, and he's he's really improved his outside shot. He he shot the ball pretty well against us. Yeah, he, he shot it. Uh, he shot it well yesterday. I seen some frustration on the free throw, but he was one to two from the three, and I believe he knocked down two mid range jumpers. He not. It, it's a good looking shot when it's in rhythm. Yeah, you know, and he's just got. He's got. Got a. Fine tune his yeah. mechanics. Be confident. That's another big thing about it. You could tell that he's hesitant and he thinks about it, which forces the miss because, well, you know, if you start to think about if you should take a shot, it becomes a shot that you shouldn't take, even if you can make the shot. Well, that's sometimes I, when I hear people talk about confidence, and this is maybe a coaching thing, when I hear people talk about confidence, I equate it to rhythm. And, a, and yeah. a lot of that is is part of it. Yeah, we we talk a ton about catch preparation and how we catch the ball. Uh huh. And and that's a big precursor, obviously. I mean, you have to catch before you can yep. shoot it, right? Uh, but it's a but it's definitely a precursor for how what your disposition is going to do a shot. And so, kids that have been able to rely on athleticism that can no longer or cannot rely on it as much have to grow their games. Gus Etchison was that way when he was younger. When Gus came to high school, the thing he had to work on, besides obviously just the natural getting, you know, the naturalness of having to get stronger, was Gus had to improve his shot because nobody could ever stop him. So when you're a younger kid, why not just go to the basket every chance you get? Every every chance. Yeah. And no matter what, basketball's a downhill game. So, I mean, if you can Mm -hmm. get downhill and get to the basket, that's, (laughs) that's every coach's dream. But Easy but clearly, bucket. you got to work on other aspects. Exactly, and yeah, as you said, Gus is a walking bucket, and he's always been a walking bucket. And, and now, as he stretched out his shot, he's just become a tremendous—you know—he's just become a tremendous player. And I think Jaden, you know, Jaden's going to do a lot of different things at Tenley this year. I, I'm looking forward to seeing the different ways he's going to be used. There's still a chance Billy Brown could be their leading scorer this year, just because as well as Billy shoots. But at the end of it, Jaden's that guy that. He's gonna get. He's gonna have the bigger responsibility, and then as his shot comes around, he's a glue piece for sure. Yeah. He'll just yeah, he'll just take off. So he, he he doesn't look to score anyway. Like he just he does whatever it is the team needs. He looks well, to score I think when, he's, Jayden, when he's pissed off. <laughs> and I think with Jaden, the the key that that you were able to see with his team is he was surrounded by people that could slash and cut, and then he does that very well. But I think he's an underrated passer. So when yeah, you have guys like Kendall Johnson and you have guys like uh, Noah Carter, and you have pieces that can slash and cut, and that can spread the court by playmaking, and then you have a guy like Spears who they had anchor that middle. They, they were a really they were a really balanced team, and yeah. they I think the way that those guys play and the styles at which they played thrived Pinkston uh, 
uh, in a big time way. And, you know, and I think it'll be interesting because I, I totally agree with you guys. I think he's a glue guy. Uh, I just think he's going to do whatever he needs to do at whatever game he, he needs to be at. And, uh, you know, I think that'll be interesting to see what, you know, he'll be able to do. Anybody else as we move up to the, we're moving up the older kids, right? Anybody else there? Uh, I mean, he's an older the, kid, but the later was, games, I mean, he was part of the earlier game. Uh, got a, of course, kind of siege. Yeah. Uh, go. That they game, talk about that game versus uh, Glenn. It, I, <laughs> it's so funny because you can hear in the uh, huddles, man. He don't miss. <laughs> and Glenn won the game, but it was true. It was like whenever a CJ touched the ball, it felt as if he wouldn't miss. Hands in his face. Uh, it got to the point where it was like, all right, just stop him from touching the ball because if he get a chance to go up, which is likely he will, it, it's going down. But, yeah, he it was – it was amazing. Like I said, he don't need the ball necessarily to dribble into a shot. He he comes off of screens that uh, his teammate Jack set some very nice screens for him over and over and over again. And he's so unselfish that he understands that if you double coming off of that screen, all he got to do is make the drop pass. And right. also, if he don't got a quick shot – he takes the two dribbles to step into the mid-range, either shoot it himself or he finds another shooter open because you have to rotate because he's that kind of shooter. I'm going to take you up to the Central Noble Cherubusco game this year. <laughs> so you can watch. First of all, you have no clue where either one of those schools are, right? No, I don't. No, yeah. Uh, both teams will be very good. That, that'll be one of the better games of the year, actually. And you'll get in a, because Central Noble's got a couple of other kids on this team, Coach Adams' team. So, uh huh. You guys were, were you guys spent the whole day yesterday watching games together? Is that no? We, I mean, I've we, let we, you, I've kind of let you guys decide what you do actually in that regard. So, yeah, we moved, we, we moved around a couple times. Uh, we, I don't think we watched any games together but one, and that was the, the one, the one yeah. that you had, I made you keep score. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we had two coaches not show up yesterday. I, mean, I, I shouldn't say not show up. We had two coaches that couldn't make it yesterday. One for due to contact tracing, came in contact with the with the virus midweek, uh, helping his brother. And then um, another coach was out of town for family. And then we had a scorekeeper who couldn't come because, as it is with you college guys, you have exams. And so glad I'm done with that life. <laughs> so we we had to throw you guys around a couple different places yesterday. And, and again, I appreciate that part. So Caleb, anybody got the coach, did you get the coach? Go, oh, Caleb got the coach. That's right. Yeah. I wish it was me, but I'm glad it was Caleb. Caleb had to step in. I did. I did. It was a, uh, <laughs> it was a, it was a fun ride, fun ride, fun ride. So, and then you uh, do what you gotta do. Coach Brandenburg's team. Uh, he was one of the coaches that, was unavailable yesterday and uh, coach Sloggett, who coaches his own summer team filled in or had co has had coached his own summer teams in the past filled mm -hmm. in and I, they didn't realize I had a bag of jerseys for him. They, they played in played. 
played in t-shirts and still ended up i mean it just goes to show you don't need the jerseys to win games they they kicked oh, somebody no. yesterday they played well so um caleb anybody stand out as we got later in the day i mean i'm sure i know we do but who who stood yeah, out yeah i mean from that like i mean and just to kind of be clear from like that four o'clock to like six o'clock range um you know i i i thought for me uh antoine hearns uh yes. was really solid uh had an ability you know as a stretch four in my opinion, uh, you know, to be able to step out and shoot, uh, you know, and then he has this ability at times to get complacent in not not doing a lot, but it's like he just kind of fades away from the game. Um, and then Coach Glenn's normally like, OK, hey, you know, you're you're legit. You're good. Uh, you know, let's let's figure out how we can use you. Let's figure out, you know, how we can use you in our traps. Let's figure out how we use you in different things. And I think been uh, he had a gauged. Yeah. And there was one pretty big play that he had pretty big dunk. He had uh, that I think kind of rose his his confidence up an, another level. And, uh, you know, I think it'll be very fun to kind of see where he'll be at the end of the season, because I feel like that's the type of play that doesn't just boost you in one game. That's the kind of play yeah. that boosts you through an entire season. Uh, I thought Alex Satan uh, played really well for Clark. Uh, you know, he, he's got a great shot. Obviously he's a spot up guy. He's going to, you know, get it off the catch. Um, and, you know, he's got good size to him and I believe I've saw him play one time, but you know, he in a way was, I think very tentative with the shot. Uh, and, you know, today or, you know, really yesterday, it seemed that he just was not going to be tentative. Uh, he was going to be aggressive uh, with getting the ball off the catch and and popping it from from everywhere uh, at that three-point line and then at times what he was able to do is sell that shot uh and get and get to the hole uh, in a very efficient way and then i i also thought jc glenn really dominated all day yeah, uh, yeah. he 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 had a fantastic uh really i mean a fantastic uh league you know season or league uh <laughs> stretch uh you know and he's, I, and I he's thought one of that, my names he's yeah, one of my names I, for today yeah, and, and I thought he just absolutely di- dominated, and it didn't really matter the matchup. He he took yeah. on bigger guys. He took on smaller guys. Uh, in the game that J.D. and I kept score on, uh, you know, he had a couple matchups that, uh, you know, Coach was wanting to, you know, to, to basically take over. Uh, and, you know, he did exactly that. He put guys in foul trouble. And, and Clark, did, Clark only had, you know, six guys at the time, so – you know, when you can put a guy with five, you know, three or four fouls in the first half, um, that just puts a lot of pressure on, right. you know, the rest of the guys to be more disciplined on defense. And, uh, you know, and Glenn's got plenty of guys like that, you know, in terms of athleticism and getting to the hole. But, I mean, in this, in, in you know, specific for today uh, or, you know, specific for that day, Glenn was right. definitely a person that stuck out. Well, and, that, and that's Coach Glenn's nephew. And he's, yeah. a, he's yeah. a junior park tutor and. What I, JD, you you liked him too. I mean, he played I, well in front of you. I I, I loved him. That was one of my teams. Yeah, that was that was, <laughs> that was one. Yeah. Of, that was one of my teams. I told Caleb. I said, you got to yeah. see them play. You got to see them play. I, I loved watching them play. Uh, I, I I'm not gonna go too much in on Glenn since I know you both got him, but I do want to touch on Antoine Hearns. The play that Caleb is talking about, it was. A fast break missed three. And Hearns went over two defenders, 
with a one hand put back duck. Nice. It was it, it was it was insane because he doesn't he he plays so smooth that he doesn't always run the floor to the to the mats. And on this particular play, I seen him flying up the sideline. And I'm like, okay, maybe just go, you know, it's a it's a fast break. They had the numbers. I'm thinking they go press right off of the main shot. But when I seen the three come off, before anything, you see his hand over everybody in the paint. His body had no reason to even be looked at because he was that high in the air where his hand just seemed as if the ball was going to go over the backboard. He was getting it. And and the way he put it down, it, it definitely uh, hyped him up for the championship game because he took that same approach in the championship game, and we seen that outcome. But he was out there unafraid. He challenged uh, Brewer, who we know had a breakout game that game. And it didn't matter offensively or defensively. He felt he could get his the same way Brewer did that. Love to see it. Love to see it. Uh Speaking of Brewer, uh, that's that's one of my names. Uh, I mean, do I need to say much but highlight reel? <laughs> Be- between the lead dunks on fast break, uh, alley-oop to itself at the, with the game tied in the first first half. Uh, and, and as I said before, when he chooses to shoot the three, I think I've seen him miss two, three, most of the entire um, – tournament when i seen him i think i only seen him as two threes uh seen him break people down off the dribble he's unselfish enough to make the right pass but going to the hole just don't jump with the man no you, you will be on the highlight well this was go go caleb this was this was brewer's best day and it wasn't even close uh he he had in my opinion it was a it was a game where you saw why he was getting offered by schools like UE and Cleveland state. Like Mm -hmm. this is a game. This was a stretch where he wasn't hesitant because Shamar can get hot really quick. Hughes can dominate down low and Altman can slash and cut in a block. Like this was a game where it really the last two games, very up and down, and that's going to favor a guy like Brewer's athleticism and length. And definitely, he, th- he thrived by the pace, of, the pace of the game, you know, yes. and he was a player that I always kept an eye on because obviously you knew that he had D1 offers and you knew that he had all this stuff, but not even close. This was his best, you know, weekend uh, in this league by a mile. Well, his, his two main assets are the fact that he can be, at six five, a primary ball handler. Yeah. And yeah. and he's he probably I, I don't know that he'll be a point guard per se, the college level, but he'll be a guy that can play the three maybe or or you know and, and cross match sometimes at a two where he is the primary ball handler. So he'll be able to play yeah. and it'll it'll be better for him to play with a point guard who can really shoot. Cause the shooting part of his game is not as is not as strong a suit. It's a, it's a part of his game that he needs to work on. Um, But, but in terms of that, and then the other aspect of his game that is translates at most level is just his, his defensive ability. 
and he's the one kid that can really go out yeah. and lock people down. Now, again, strength will be a will be an issue if he has to guard bigger wings at the college level. Yeah, but he is he's he loves the defensive end of the floor, especially in competitive situations. I mean, there's yeah. Look, these games are competitive, but nobody's out there. Def- nobody's out there setting up defensive game plans. I mean, other than quick traps and maybe finding the kids on the other teams, they could try to take advantage of, you know, with just size and athleticism. But yeah, um, which you know that's you know part of it. I one of the kids I coach, as as tough as he tries to play, he's just small, and he, he every now and then he gets bullied, and you can just see him out there working and fighting and scratching, but. Sometimes it doesn't do any good. So what you do is you just tell them to work and scratch and fight as much as you can. But but what what makes Brewer so good is his length. And, and then he's just so springy, like JD said, don't jump with him. And it but it's you know, it, there's some sloppy play in, in games like this and and the yep. benefit is we get the occasional highlight reel <laughs> on the no, other end of the floor. Thing. One thing for sure, regardless of what position, he's a problem out there. Yeah, <laughs> he's he a did problem. score a lot more. He looked to score more yesterday. Yeah, definitely. I think. Yeah, he he went against two of the uh down down the stretch. They went against two of the teams that was also dominating their opponents, and I think he knew that. So going out there, I think his whole mindset was prove why you here. Show everybody that no matter what name you going against, you 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 on the same stage that you can compete with anybody, and I think uh, I think that's why I like the uh, matchup between him and Hearns because I think Hearns was looking at Brewer as the same way as Brewer looked at everybody else, so it was it, it was just interesting because after that dunk with Hearns that me and Caleb discussed. He didn't take his foot off the gas at all. No. And and I think that's that that was Brewer went the first big play he had all day. He was he was yelling and screaming every play. He was he was so animated and usually, you know, we get that with Shamar. We we get that with <laughs> we get that with Shamar. I think Brewer said, it's my turn today, cause like I like like Caleb said, uh we know we know Shamar Vance could get going at any time. And and speaking, I'm not gonna bring up Shamar because he absolutely had a game, but I gotta talk about the dominant force of the entire lead to me, um, DJ Hughes. Yeah. Unstoppable. He I mean, it, it was times where he kept he getting the rebound and he bringing it down. And it didn't matter if you threw all five of your guys on them or you you say, I'm going to throw my best defender on the one-on-one. It was a bucket. And and please don't let him get two feet in the paint. He's going to put it on your head. It was – I really enjoyed watching him play. He was unselfish. He knew he could dominate in all facets of the game, and he did that. It, I, I really enjoyed watching him play. And then yesterday, him and Brewer – Everything they did, it seemed like it was a highlight. Like pet, yeah. like even with the passes, if it wasn't leading to a dunk, it probably wasn't happening. <laughs> Everything that these these guys did was dunk, 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 and it was just based off the pace of play, just like uh, Caleb said again. And as, as you said, uh, 
they 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 thrive in those situations and they knew who they were going against and they knew what they were capable of. So going out there and doing it was really the only job that they had and they both succeeded. We yeah, I really pleased with DJ's footwork inside. Cause it's, Very. it's still gonna be part of his game of Butler. He's he's gonna be you know, he he'll be he'll have a chance to be extremely versatile and, and something they've not had there for a while, which is a kid that can play outside and in. And, you know, he's going to, you know, his shot's going to have to come around too to, to, to play that role at Butler. But I think that's a big part of what they see him. He's, the versatility at the four spot that he'll have for them. Mm-hmm. You know, and it will probably be able as he gets older to, to guard some fives in that league. Uh, the, the, the big East doesn't have a ton of size, but they, uh, but they definitely have those that six ten kid that's you know got you know a big body and and is is kind of a, a load to handle in the paint. And I think DJ in short situations and switches and you know getting getting caught on switches and, and maybe even some cross matching will be able to guard some of those guys just because he's a very strong kid. Like I said last week, you know Jalen Hooks, who's a a big kid for a sophomore ran into DJ and it looked like Jalen hit a brick wall. Next thing you know, Jalen's on the ground and the DJ didn't mean it, but no, no question. DJ wasn't going to get displaced. So Caleb, what'd you see as the night went on? Anything, which, which guys stood out for you? Um, I mean, from the later, the later sessions, um, I mean, from what I, you know, was able to see, I tried to keep my eyes, you know, moving, uh, you know, obviously when you have as many good games as there were late in the night, um, you know, you just got to <laughs> try to do your best to, to see what's out there. Uh, but but a couple of, of pe- you know, people that uh, that I thought were really good uh, when I was able to see Avance's team, I I personally thought this was Shamar's best day. I don't really again, I don't really think it was close. I think he has an ability to just get bigger as the moment gets bigger. And it was interesting because like around the first half, uh, his coach obviously, uh, you know, related was basically like, Hey, you know, you're, you're, you're passing and you're passing a lot and you're not doing what you do best. And uh, he sat him for a couple minutes and then he came right back off the bench and, and he was just, I really felt like he was going to shoot every time because he was that type of threat. Uh, And I thought, I thought he, in this game, especially late, uh, looked really good. A couple of pieces that I saw, you know, kind of in that mid-afternoon late game, I thought Isaiah Davis looked really good. Uh, you know, I think yeah. the key for, for him is, you know, he's obviously 6'7", six, 6'9", six, uh, but he has a tendency to be, you know, kind of in like, you know, a Chris Bosch role where he like wants to step outside. And, and a, you know, there were some games where uh, you could see like, you know, the coaches, you know, of his team were just sitting there like, you're six, nine. <laughs> why are you not, why are you not getting to the block? Uh, so I think for, for him, uh, you know, he, the, the talent is obviously there and there's nothing uh, to dismay that. Uh, but if he can continue to develop that, I, I think, you know, and develop more of an inside game, you know, no matter who's guarding him, uh, I think that's a, a kid to watch. And then I think Jack Moynihan as well uh, looked really good on that team. Uh, and we've talked about him a little bit, uh, but right. he's got a good inside out game. Uh, with the solid shot 
And, you know, when, when you have pieces like that, when you have bigs like that, that can rotate in and out, which is what that, which is what coach Smith had, uh-huh. it should be where I should, you know, you shouldn't see two big guys up top which is the tendency that they had. They had two big guys up top. None of them would go down if they went to the block. Uh, it was honestly too late. Uh, and, and it was one of those things where, you know, for Coach Smith, they they had great talent, obviously. Uh, you know, and some of those guys, I know they, they came from a whole bunch of different schools. But, uh, you know, I think that's something to keep an eye on as the high school season is coming, you know, to start more or less. Yeah, I mean, Isaiah's always been more of a face-up guy at least when I, when I've watched him play and what, what he's done better of more as he's gotten older is, is defensively. He takes that challenge. You know, he's going to guard. Yeah. He's obviously going to guard big yeah. with the position. He's yeah. In. But then he's rebounded yep. a lot better the last couple of summers and, you know, him transferring down to, to Greenwood Christian, he's going to not face from Zionsville. He's not going to face as much size as he would if he stayed at Zionsville. Uh, I don't, I don't know what that does for him overall, but yeah, offensively guys like me, I, from a, just a coaching perspective, I don't get too worked up about what a kid does offensively. Um, I, if, you know, if you can, if you can stretch a guy out and, and play through him or he can, he can be a guy that can hit that shot. Yeah. You know, we get more and more data on what post-ups are like at competitive levels. I mean, we're not talking about, we're talking about when you play guys your own size and you play in defenses against defenses that obviously game plan and scheme. Yeah. It it is proven to be one of the lower percentage plays in the game these days. And, and some, you know, sometimes you've got to get, we got to look past stereotyping Maybe that's too harsh for word, but it was like what I said with the, the Dion Richmond kid from Tinley. He knew flat out he had a mismatch, and so he posted that kid up, and I think that's that's perfect. I didn't see who Coach Smith's he, team was playing. He had McLeod's, which McLeod had, you know, Cameron Grady okay. at decent height. Uh, he faced Coach Dower or uh, Coach Forbes' team as well, and. I mean, there there was that could have been a game. four or five. Yeah, that, there were four or five. There were four yeah. or five inches on on. Yeah, that would have been on, a game where his. Yeah, that's and just, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, right. it's you gotta when you're when you're that tall and you've got that that strength with with both Moynihan and Davis. Uh, you know that that go for it. Um, because I agree with you. You know, Jim, it, it, I do think that you know as the game's adjusting and the game is changing you are seeing more spot up and face up but you know in a game where you've got five or six inches on guys uh, i should have been going to the block a whole lot more in my opinion the other angle too is this is also a time to do that you know to yeah to experiment to expand the kid i coach jesse ferris is a kid who's definitely worked on his outside shot and Hmm. and while we were able to uh put things in in the summer for him to get that for him to get those kinds of looks. There were definitely some times where it's like, no, we don't want that. And in, in, in the fall league, it's like, if it's a rhythm catch, then it's a, then I'm, I'm fine with it. You know, it's just a different yeah. perspective and, yeah. and, you know, but no, I mean, I, what I like about Isaiah is, is he has rebounded better as he's gotten older. He, he rebounded he, very well. And then you compare it to Moynihan, who just always freaking rebounds. I mean, yeah, Moynihan exactly. remains yeah. me a guy, a name you won't know is Brandon Mays from Centerville. I referred to it a couple of weeks ago where 
you know, small school out there, led the state in rebounding as a, as a junior and as a senior. Moynihan's on that track as well. And, and in Brandon's case, was able to play on a team with in the summer with eight D1 guys, including two bigs that were Indiana All-Stars and a seven-footer that went to Wake Forest. I mean, Brandon competed against those or competed with those guys for playing time, but did so because he did something that always translate, which is rebound. If you can rebound, because yeah. that's just an effort. I mean, some of it's physical stature yeah. and, and Moynihan's, yeah. you know, six, seven, six, eight. So yeah. some of that is, is a physical stature. Yeah, absolutely. But, but that goes back to something we talked a little bit about with CJ Glenn and, uh, and Hearns. When they played sure. team focus, when they played Coach Adams's team, mm-hmm. you know, that's Coach Adams's team. So you heard one of those timeouts where it was basically a minute and a half of him blistering right. his players' butt. You know, <laughs> so he's he's not he's yelling at his guys because he's coached those kids for three years. You know, most of us, the teams we've got, we're coaching guys we've coached for three weeks. So yeah. he's got a little bit more of a relationship with those dudes, and he was lighting them up. And the reason why was because Hearns and Glenn were doing to them what they were doing sure. to, to my group, which was beating yeah. them to every ball off the rim. And the, the two big kids that I have, one kid from Pekin who's who's a nice sophomore prospect, 6'10 kid from down near New Albany. Oh. He had just never played against that motor before mm. that Glenn and Hearns have and play with. And mm. Glenn's a little more consistent with it when I've seen them play in the yeah. past. Because he he's been yeah. impressive pretty much every week on that angle. But then you look at – you know, how that translates, you know, Glenn, the park tutor is going to have a nice year. You're going to see CJ Glenn, you know, making plays because he's always going to have that motor and always going to rebound, you know, going back to Moynihan, that's going to be a kid that no matter what level he plays at, he's going to rebound. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you just, you just sort of have an appreciation for that. Um, so it's, you know, I, I love watching Jake play. And I've I've liked to see how Isaiah Davis's game has has evolved, and you know both those guys. I mean, Davis is already starting to get some Division two offers, and a lot of that is because I think his game facing the basket is a little bit more mature. Yeah. So it, there's give and take in it. You know, there's there's definitely some give and take in it. So, um, one name I want to throw out before, and Caleb, you might have a you know you might have if you have more, we'll we'll roll back. It was was Matt Goolsby, sure. senior out of Marion. I, you know, the kids, again, we don't, there's not a lot of scheming. There's not a lot of defensive game planning in this mm-hmm. league. There's certainly defense and kids are competitive and will take challenges and, and, and defend. I'm not sure the kids I had understood what, how good of a shooter Goolsby was. <laughs> we, we sure as heck couldn't figure it out. He, he had a great game against us. I haven't looked, I haven't checked back to see what he's done in some other games. Mm-hmm. Usually, usually Kai McClung stands out with that. With the, or Ty McClung stands out with Coach Swanner's team, yeah, uh, or Coach McCorkle's team. Either they both they help each other. Goolsby yesterday, along with along with McCorkle, were both really good against us. I don't I don't know what they did in the game after us. I should have leaked over there for that, but no, I was keeping score. That's right. I couldn't get over there. I, that's the part I hated about keeping score was. I couldn't be mobile. I, I couldn't watch half of one game, then half of another. Yeah, same, but, same. 
but with us, but, but against us, Goolsby was impressive, and he was the best player for them that game. And, and McCorkle shot the ball well and made plays, and I wanted to make sure we got to that. So, Caleb, was there anybody else that that who who else stood out to you? No, I mean not or, from anybody. I mean we've we've mentioned and touched on well, everybody that, that I've been thinking of. Yeah, there we go. All right, let's do one last thing before we wrap this up. Again, I want to thank both you guys, and, and we'll get to your we'll we'll get to your plugs at the very very end but um thank you i want to thank both you guys no yeah don't hang up yet jd no i, I was thank, just saying okay i want to thank both you guys you know for your work and uh, the perspective that you bring i i do i do like that you guys brought a fresh set of eyes the equation you've seen some things that most of us have seen you've seen some other things that that we've that we wouldn't see um but you've also been able to sit and just watch games which is not something that even i get to do when i'm when i'm in that setting so but what we're going to close with is each of you list so basically the league is broken down for this exercise we've basically broken it down into pools a through c and then pools d through f and it's just a simple listing we don't have to have any additional discussion if it sparks a little discussion that's fine but but a through c JD, do you have that list ready? Do you are you yeah. good? You want Caleb to lead? Uh, it doesn't. It don't matter. I'm ready. You can right, go, JD. So pools A through C. Just list three guys that you thought were the best, and even if it's just the best for their pool or the best that you that you thought of that whole grouping. List just list three guys that you thought were the, the best players of that in those pools. All right, Jack Wars for sure. Okay. AJ Tillman, obviously, and Joey okay. Smiths. Joey Schmitz, you said? Yes, Joey Schmitz. Okay. So Wars is the freshman from Blackford. And then Schmitz He's is the freshman from Center Grove. And then Tillman's the freshman from Bloomington, Illinois. Okay. All names uh we said before. They have yeah, they absolutely. Well, they should yeah. be. I mean, that was this exercise. And then Caleb from those three pools, who were what were the three names that have really stood out for you um i mean those names uh jd had i certainly uh would agree with and and the three three others that i would flip in uh would be dj beret uh and then uh two on coach uh, forbes uh with matt brewer and and paul chandler i think those two played uh very solid uh throughout this throughout this league Mm, i like them i like them yeah then i want you to send me those lists we, after we get done all right that way gotcha. so that way i can highlight them in the show notes but jd of the, of the evening games were pools d through f who who were the three guys that stood out the, the most or that you thought were the best guys all right uh obviously connor cj that yep uh cj gun um DJ Hughes. I mean, it's it's tough because those those later games, there were so many people. Uh, yeah, you so so many players. Yeah, I figured, like, yeah, it was it's three teams. Fair. It was three teams. I absolutely loved watching. Um, Avance, obviously, the the animation that come with the skill was different. Um, I I loved that from them and then Turner's team, who they they were just solid and all facets of the game and they 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 play more i say 
more t- more on a competitive level in in man thinking of like like it was chemistry there yeah. and then uh Glenn's team and that that team was just full of highlights and hard work and hustle yeah oh yeah coach Clark I love coach Clark team that was the heart of the uh league right there Got well they beat Avan yeah everybody was wanting to know why we didn't have Turner and Avance in the championship game because Avance lost their, didn't win their pool yeah you know now they they lost the battle but they, I mean they won the war right. and they won the league yeah. or at least the top bracket of the league but they didn't right. you know they, they got upset in pool play by Clark but you know Clark's that's a good group that he coaches in the summer and those, those guys compete yeah, definitely against tougher competition all year so it was but that's the chip on their shoulder mentality, you know, and, yeah. and yeah. you know, they had it. They, they did it last year too. They, they, they had a good league last year. You Most of his kids are seniors, so they, they won't be back, yeah. but, but it was still, I hope Willie will come back and still coach or still bring a team or coach a team at least. But, but yeah, those guys, um, those guys kind of upset the apple cart and I, and I didn't want to reconfigure yeah. the brackets just to, get the matchup because it's you know it's kind of not I mean nobody complained it was just was man why wasn't yeah. this the championship game and you know well it's because it's a tough league and you you can't you can't blink man or you're going to get beat so Caleb what three names did you have for the pools d through f I mean JD again uh his names were were spot on uh but just a couple others to give I, I had DJ Hughes as well uh I had Leland Walker Yep. Uh, I had Gus Etchison and I also had uh, Trey Jackson. I think he was uh, yeah. special. You've mentioned him yeah. a couple times. So, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm going to throw out four names. Two of them are twins. I'm going to throw out, throw out four names that I think people need to really keep an eye on this year. And then I'm going to throw out one last thing on Leela Walker before we head out. Uh, the, the, the four names are Kobe Ward from Danville. That, that's a guy that. Very good. Very, as successful as Danville's been the last few years, he has sort of played behind, um, you know, he has sort of played behind the yeah. kids that graduated ahead of him. Yeah. And in, in terms of where and Comer and, you know, most of, you know, if, if you follow it, you, you know, those guys were basically four year guys at Danville and he's been behind them. And, and while Danville may not, have the kind of team they had last year i think it's kobe war is going to really have a good year and he's going to show you know he's going to have to show some things you know he's going to have to show what what position he is uh but he was a menace in almost every game and i know the game they played yesterday the other coach was like he it was well they played coach clark and willie's like he, he had no clue who he was <laughs> he's like, who the hell is it? looked at me he goes who the hell is this guy I'm like, dude, he's good, man. You better account for him. And and um, Sean Black, who was trying to sneak on another team last night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which we don't, which we don't really allow. I, I did let Coach Smith bring an extra guy in that didn't play with him in pool play because they literally had three injuries. Um, all three of them were kids that got hurt during yeah. doing their school stuff. Well, one was a football injury, but. Typically, the rule is you can't play on other teams that are in the league, and and you can't play in bracket play unless you play in pool play. So, um, Sean trying to sneak on another team. Now, I, you know, Coach Clark had some kids show up late, so he was wondering if he was going to have enough guys. But, but we nipped that in the bud. But, but Sean was tremendous 
And I he think that there. he's he is going to be him with Malik. I mean, Warren Central's, you know, they're going to be really good. I mean, yeah. I'm going to they're going to be one of the, the as we start to get into the season, we start previewing the classes. You know, Warren's going to be one of those top four or five teams for sure. Uh, without without question with Davis and McNary and Malik Stanley and Chandler Jackson. Chandler Jackson wasn't there this week uh, for, Ooh, for coach. Nice uh, yeah. For coach Clark, yeah. but mostly because he, he got nicked up during the week and just didn't want to risk it because school practices, you know, nine days away. And, and that was, yeah. that was fine. And then the twins, uh, Armand and Ahmed Gerard from Mount Vernon. I love them. Um, Couple things on them. Ahmad Armad is the the quote better of the two, but he's also the bigger of the two. Mm-hmm. But Armand has a bigger chip on his shoulder, and I think it's because he's tired of being the little twin brother. They both are hyper competitive. They both play like their father. Their father played for me. That's how old I am, or how old I'm getting. But both those guys play with a chip on their shoulder and I, I love watching them play Mount Vernon with, with Galley. Um, oh, they pronounce... play with Cooper Galley. Cooper Galley. So those three yeah. guys are going to be. Oh, wow. Mount now they might have some turnovers. <laughs> they might try to thread some needles that don't yeah, need to they, be threaded. They all risky. They all but, risk players. You know, coach Rhodes will have to pull them back, but it's, it's better to pull back a kid than try to push a kid forward. So uh, on the court at least. So, but those guys, they play both sides of the ball. Yeah. And I, I definitely wanted those names out. I didn't – I mean, we were all going to name the same names if we went through the same exercise. So I wanted yeah. to throw out diff- just different names of guys to keep an eye on. And then the last thing on Leland Walker, his stretch of play last weekend toward the end of the second their second game was Insane. just phenomenal. Just the Yeah, it was. The finishing, the body control, the ability to change directions in traffic, playmaking, and, and we we're, I'm not a big believer in MVP or anything like that. And I mean, obviously they didn't. Yeah, you know we could go into that machin- those machinations every week, but that was by far the best st- stretch of three minutes of basketball in the league. I thought just watching him take over, and uh, it was it was fun to watch. But um, yeah, absolutely. And their game with Avance yesterday was fun. And, yeah, I would have loved it to have been a championship game. But you know what? you got to take care of business and, um, you know, get on. And the team that beat them didn't even get to the championship game. The team that beat them in pool play, Clark, got upset by Glenn. So, uh, at the end of the day, Coach Avance's team won. That's a repeat. We've only had one team three-peat, and that was Coach Dillard's group uh, with Aaron Henry and Eric Hunter and Dewan Jones. Uh, so that was a pretty talented team, too. Yeah. Wow. And, yeah. <laughs> Dewan, Dewan's going to be in the NFL, and I swear to God, he's one of the things he's going to say he's most proud of was three-peating in this league. And 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 I he's crazy. <laughs> much as I love his love for this league – he uh, uh, it's it's funny how he loved playing that league. He was it looked like he literally was coming off the football field to play. I don't even know if Ben Davis's football coaches knew he was playing. I didn't care, so <laughs> I only I really only care what Coach Carlisle thinks. But uh, anyway, that's me. 
guys, what do you got to plug? Uh, Finish it off. Go. Tell us, tell everybody again where they can find your other stuff. I I'll go first, Caleb. Um, you can find you can find me and Caleb on the Running Hook Podcast um, Network. We feature on a bunch of different shows. Man, um, it's the Battleground. Um, then I have another podcast, Facts and Stats by JD Hall. You find it on Spotify, um, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Apple. Um, it's a bunch of different other things I'm working on at the same time. Um, just stay tuned. Follow me on Twitter, JDBBM22. Um, that's where I post all of my, all of my work. Um, yeah, it, it's a lot I'm working on. So stay tuned. What's the BBM stand for? Do I want to know? Yeah. I, uh, my name it's funny. My name is JD and I got brothers named Jamel and David and BBM is two of my siblings other issues and um I my brother Bobby my sister Brittany and my uh other brother Marcel so I just not put even, I just put everybody names together not even remotely where I thought that would go all right Caleb <laughs> where can we find <laughs> for some reason I thought it was gonna be a big black man I don't know <laughs> I, I used to tell people that ironically I told people that uh, Caleb, where, where, where can we find your other work? Let the people know where they can find you. Yeah, uh, Twitter, uh, at Caleb Lynn one uh, I also uh, am on the Running Hook Podcast Network uh, with my show called Linsanity. Uh, so check that out. Uh, I also have, uh, you know, work with Indie Star uh, that I post through my social media on Twitter uh, and that goes on the website. Uh, and then I'll also be working on some stuff later. So just just keep staying tuned. Will you be doing the star during the basketball season? That's the plan. That's okay. The plan. Good for you. Yeah. We, um, we were going to have to talk if not, but, um, okay. It's fine. <laughs> they'll do that. Cause they'll, they'll pay you more right now. So I think if not, then call me, but well, I, anyway. I, I don't know if it's, I, I don't know if it's going to be, you know, multiple days or, or one day. So, I mean, we can, we can talk about it for Dude, sure. Your byline, your byline at the star will be, will get you farther than your byline on this thing. So, but um, maybe someday that changes, but, but yeah. um, anyway, guys, I appreciate it. We uh, definitely will be talking in the future. We'll figure out ways to get you to more high school. Well, Caleb will have, we gotta get, we gotta get JD to more high school games. I'm taking yeah, I'm, JD I'm to Cherubusco. I'll be going Central for, for sure. That'll be, yeah, that'll be fine. I guess there's a chance that we may not be allowed in just because of COVID, but, but I, I know they're going to, I, I've been told they're going to let media in. Um, so luckily I'm able to get in those situations. So JD will have to work with the work on making sure you can, you can get into. So, um, but guys, I appreciate it. And, uh, four weeks of podcasting on this. I think, like I said earlier, the people have appreciated it and I've enjoyed it and we'll definitely come back and get some more voices out of you. Uh, some more thoughts out of you during the high school season. All right. Yeah. That works. Thanks All right, guys. Hey, thanks. Appreciate it. Yeah.